Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. So good to see everyone here this evening. We are going to... um, honor the Lord in the tithe and the offering at the end of the service as we're here worshiping the Lord and focused on how much he loves us, how he saved us and washed us in the blood. Let's go right into the word of God tonight. Hallelujah. I want to talk tonight uh, beginning in the book of Galatians chapter 5. And let me preface this with reminding us what the Lord spoke to me in October of last year because we, it became homework and we're, we're still on assignment where this is concerned. The Lord spoke to me in October of last year and he said that we are entering a season that will require the walk of faith. He said, this walk of faith is another depth of skill in walking in the Spirit. Another depth of skill in walking in the Spirit. Now, he did not speak this for us to be afraid of the season, but for us to be prepared, because faith is the victory that overcomes. He says, this is the time to walk in victory, you could say, right? And, and then this victory is, is identified as we gain skill in walking in the Spirit. And he gave us five specific areas, and I want to rehearse those. He said, first of all, know the leading with a certainty, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Know the leading with a certainty, He does not want to have to spend days convincing us what he's trying to tell us. He wants us to be so adept at hearing from him and being sure that that is the Spirit of God instructing me, that we are able to give instant obedience to that prompting. So he said, know the leading with the certainty. And then the second thing is practice obedience. And of course, the first thing that would pop into my mind is don't be disobedient, but that's not what he said. He said practice obedience, and practicing obedience is a a different way of, of approach. You look at something to say, how can I act on that? How can I hear that instruction and put it to work in my life? Practice obedience. The third thing he said was develop humility and the love walk. Develop them. They need to be developed. Where we are, no matter how advanced we may be in our level of humility or in the walk of love, there is another stage of development available for us. And so he says to develop humility and the love walk. Number four, he said the fruit of the Spirit is vital 
And then finally, the trust in God, his ways, and his word are safeguards. Not just trusting in God, but trusting in God's ways, trusting in God's word. These, these become safeguards to keep us like those bumpers that, that keep us in line. And so tonight I want to give attention to number four, the fruit of the Spirit is vital. When you want to identify someone's health, their life signs, you check their vitals. You check their vital signs to find out how healthy their heart is, to find out how healthy their blood pressure is. If there's a problem, then they began immediately. If, if a person goes in and they have their blood pressure checked and it's dangerously low, they're not going to send you on your merry little way. They're going to respond immediately like, we need to do something. And he said, the fruit of the Spirit is vital. And I have to say, um, I don't think that the fruit of the Spirit is given the proper attention in our lives. And so we're going to begin turning our attention. If this is my vital signs, if this is, is important for my health and my life as a believer, then let me learn more so that I can enhance my spiritual strength. And so Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And let's allow the Word of God to bring light to us tonight. Hallelujah. Galatians 5 verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Then he says a statement that is a very uh, specific statement. Against such there is no law. He is identifying that if we will walk in these, we won't violate the laws of God. If we become skilled in walking in this fruit, because it's talking about a lifestyle. The context of the chapter is talking about the way we behave, the way we act, the way we live. If you go back and you'll find in verse 16, he says, walk in the spirit and you won't give in to, you won't fulfill, you won't yield to the desires, the lusts, the cravings of the flesh. And so he's talking about our everyday life. Every time we see the word walk, He's talking about daily life. He says, walk in the Spirit. So walking in the Spirit is identified here in verse 22. How do I walk in the Spirit? If I'm walking in love, I'm walking in the Spirit. If I'm walking in joy, I'm walking in the Spirit. If, I'm, if, if my day is governed by peace, then I'm walking in the Spirit. These, what we refer to as the fruit of the Spirit, these are characteristics of God. This is God's attributes, a list of the attributes of our heavenly Father. The, the, the character of God is in you now, not something you're trying to get. You became a child of God, and His character has now been placed within you and yet there is a yielding to his character 
that is an option that we must choose. Just like it's always an option for you to yield to the flesh. I don't recommend it. It, it doesn't have good recompense. It doesn't end up well when we yield to the flesh. But it is available as an option. We just need to learn to avoid that option at all costs. To just take that off of the multiple choice and say, no, that's, you know, have you ever seen a multiple choice test? And one of the answers is just ridiculous. You know, like they, they, they would have something that's so far out, you know, they're trying to help you on the test. You know it cannot be that. Well, that's what we need to see when the option is to respond with our flesh. Well, that's ridiculous. I'd never do that. We know that's not the right option, right? So he's talking about our walk, our everyday life, and he says that if we will train ourselves to yield to the love, the joy, the peace, these character traits that are in us because we've been born again, that as we do that, we won't violate the laws of God. We won't be in that position of Romans chapter 7. Y'all know what Romans chapter 7 says? The thing I want to do, I never end up doing that one. (laughs) The thing I don't want to do, man, why did I do that again? We don't have to be in that predicament if we'll learn this walk in the Spirit, if we'll learn to yield to the character traits listed here in Galatians 5. I wonder if the Amplified could give us a little bit of light about this character. Can you show me 22 and 23 in the Amplified? And let's see a little bit of definition here. It says, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within us accomplishes is love, joy, and then they've defined gladness as joy, peace, patience, and then patience is given more definition, an even temper, forbearance. Then we see kindness, goodness, which is defined as benevolence, and also faithfulness, verse 23, gentleness, which is meekness and humility. And we've done an extensive study on humility. I encourage you to go back and listen to those frequently because he says develop in humility. And humility is not what our society has taught us. God has given us a different definition in his word. And Jesus is the example of humility. And he says, God gives grace to the humble. He gives his help and his supply of resources to the humble. And so in one translation, I think it was the Amplified, says he gives more and more grace to the humble. And so if you have enough grace, (laughs) there are not the hindrances. If you've got the grace of God, if you've got the help of God, well, how do we get the help? The humble get the help. Amen. Amen? So he says this is a fruit of the Spirit. And then the next thing, which is self-control, self-restraint, continence. Against such things, there is no law that can bring a charge. In other words, if I will walk in these every day, if I will live my life yielded to these fruit that are within me, these forces that are resident in my spirit now, I don't have to go looking for them. 
I just have to yield to them because they already exist in my heart. If I will do that, then I will not be in a position where I have charges brought against me. Amen. So this is what we want to look at. We want to look at how do I cultivate that because cultivating these forces, cultivating them is the key to maturity. Spiritual maturity is not identified by how many gifts operate in that person's life because we can't choose the gifts. We, we can't turn the gifts of the Holy Spirit on or off. We can yield to him. We can participate, but he gives them as he chooses, as the Holy Spirit wills. Amen? But I can choose to grow and become skilled in this forces, these forces, this fruit of the Spirit. Amen? I do have the ability to become a, a master of the love walk. And love will govern us for eternity. We are not going to leave this earth age. We're not going to leave this season of time and God say, oh, the love command has now been remanded. You are no longer under obligation to walk in love. (laughs) No, no, no. We will be under the love command forever. So we might as well be skilled in walking in love now. Amen. And when we're walking in love, we'll find out it's the highest, it's the highest life because because God is love. Amen. So this is something that we have as our responsibility. And as we cultivate and mature in these areas, we'll see the character traits of God will bring us into a greater victory. Let's go to second Peter chapter one, second Peter chapter one. And I will ask for the amplified. We'll begin in verse three. 2 Peter 1 and 3, and I'm going to go straight to the Amplified. You can follow along on the screen or join us in whatever version you have. For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness. So all things that are required for godliness. Now, I know we usually focus on the life. All things that we need for life, all the provisions that we need, all of the supply, the favor, the wealth, the ability to sow seed, all the things that we need for life. But I also want you to see that everything you need to live godly, his divine power has already bestowed upon us all things that are required to live godly, all things that are requisite and suited to godliness. Through the full personal knowledge of him who has called us by and to his own glory and excellence. The next verse. By means of these, he has bestowed upon us his precious and exceedingly great promises so that through them you may escape from the, by flight from the moral decay, the rottenness and the corruption that is in the world because of covetousness. So as you grow in the fruit of the Spirit, as you cultivate this maturity in your spirit to walk in the character and the attributes of God, you are escaping the corruption that's in this world. 
The things in this world that corrupt are not just natural. They're spiritual things. But the spiritual growth of your character will cause you to escape the corruption. He said, these things are in the world because of covetousness, lust, and greed. You'll escape those things and you will become sharers, partakers of the divine nature. Hallelujah. We're born of God. We're born of God and all of his character traits are available to us. They are resident in us, but they are not fully formed and that's why he calls them fruit. Have you ever picked an apple that wasn't ready to be picked? I remember when I was growing up, my grandmother had an apple tree right by the house, and I was intrigued with going and, and picking things. Like there was a, a grapevine, and I would try to pick the grapes, and they weren't ready yet. Oh, my goodness. I, I, there's a scripture that talks about setting your teeth on edge, and that is a very good example. It's talking about bitter grapes, and bitter grapes make your whole mouth pucker. And she had this apple tree that when the apples were ripe, they were, they were juicy, they were sweet. But I was impatient. I wanted those apples now. And so I would go out and try to pick that apple, and I couldn't eat it. It didn't make, my, make me sick to my stomach because it was not ripe. And I had to allow the, the process of maturity on the fruit and the fruit of God's character in you requires that it comes to a place of maturity, that we grow in love, that we develop this peace of God. It's available to us, but it might not be ripe for the eating yet. And so we might be working on it, right? And so that's what we're learning about tonight, that I am a sharer, a partaker of his divine nature, that as these these truths, this knowledge of him is becoming more and more uh, at work in my life, then I begin to put his word to work, act on his word, be a doer of his word, and his character grows in me. Verse 5 of this same chapter. Verse 5, for this very reason, adding your diligence to the divine promises, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop, and he begins this process, develop virtue, excellence, resolution, Christian energy, and in exercising virtue, develop knowledge, intelligence. In exercising knowledge, develop self-control. And in exercising self-control, develop steadfastness, patience. And do you see the fruit of the Spirit listed here in this process, this development? And in exercising steadfastness, develop godliness, piety. And in exercising godliness, develop brotherly affection. And in exercising brotherly affection, develop Christian love. For as these qualities are yours and increasingly abound in you, they will keep you from being idle or unfruitful as they abound in you. They're going to cause profit in your life. They're going to cause you to make progress in your relationships. As these fruit, as these character traits abound in you, they will make it so that you are not idle or unfruitful. Verse 10 goes on to say, 
Because of this, brethren, be all the more solicitous and eager to make sure, to ratify, to strengthen and make steadfast your calling and election. For if you do this, listen, if you will go through this process and grow these character traits in your life, you will never stumble. You will never fall. Why? Because love never fails. If we're walking in the character of God, if his character is the dominating forces of our life, then we won't stumble. There will be no charge brought against us. Why? Because we're walking in God's way of walking. We're walking in the way he would walk in that situation by developing his character in us. Hallelujah. You will never stumble. You will never fall. Thus, there will be richly and abundantly provided for you entry into the eternal kingdom. And this is speaking of of a grand entrance with a great procession. Hallelujah. Why? Because when we've walked our earthly walk with love, with joy, with God's character trait, dominating our day, dominating our responses, so that every person we come in contact with is coming in contact with the love of God, with God's peace, with God's self-control, then we are going to have, uh, we're going to have the rewards following us into heaven. Amen? We'll have a grand entry into the eternal kingdom. So that's what we're aiming for here. But this is, this is what we have to look forward to. But I also want to show you one of the most important aspects of developing the love of God. We're going to emphasize the love of God. And we're going to talk about one of the most important reasons God wants us to become a, a person who is cultivated in his love. And before you jump ahead... We're not talking yet about how you love each other, how we love each other. We're talking first about us being developed in the love God has for us. Because it's impossible for you to love other people right if you've never let God love you. If you've not received his love, the accurate love that God has for you, it becomes hard to love others. You'll try to love other people out of your own emotions, out of your own ability, because it requires that we first have his love from him so that we can be distributors of that love to other people. So 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18 says, there is no fear in love. There is no fear in love, but perfect, the word perfect means well-developed. It means from the beginning stage all the way to the end. So this love, there is a fullness of growth like the fruit on the tree needs to come to a ripeness. Love needs to be fully developed. He says, Fully developed love casts out fear. And God does not want you tolerating fear in any way, shape, or form. He doesn't want fear of rejection. He doesn't want you to suffer with fear of financial lack. 
He doesn't want you dealing with fear of what's happening in the economy, fear of what's happening to the society around us. He doesn't want you to have fear of being alone. He doesn't want you to have fear of heights, fear of spiders, fear of snakes. He doesn't want you to have fear because fear is not God's character. Fear is not God's, uh, his, his flows. Fear is an opening for the enemy. Fear is what broke the hedge for Job. He feared a thing and the fear, the thing he feared came upon him. So the way that faith works like a magnet to draw to us the things that we are believing for from God, fear also draws things that you dread. And so God doesn't want fear and his love is the antidote to it. The love of God, he said, perfect love casts out fear. It casts it out. The Amplified says that it, it drives, it turns fear out the door. Hallelujah. So this, one of the most important things that God wants to do in our lives is for our love his love in us to be developed to the point that we have fear-free lives, that we are never afraid another day in our life. God never, God never gave an indication that fear was understandable or okay. He consistently responded with, Fear thou not, for I am with you. Be thou not afraid, for I am your God. Hallelujah. And so this love, the perfecting, this cultivating of the love of God in us is going to make us fear free. Hallelujah. And how do we begin developing God's love in us and our love to him? Well, Matthew 22, Jesus gave us a command. Jesus gave us a clear instruction in Matthew 22. He said in verse 37, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, this is the first and great commandment. The word great is a word that means the most important or the principal. The Amplified says principal commandment. The most important commandment for our lives is that we love God. Love him with all of our heart. Love him with all of our soul, with all of our mind. He said this is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. But notice he said, loving God is the first and the great commandment, the most important, the principal commandment. And he said, love the Lord with all your heart. The word heart in the original language means it is the fountain of your desires, your passions, 
your appetites and your affections. Your appetites, your affections, your desires come from your heart. He said, love God with all of your heart. So if I'm loving God, my passion is for him. My appetite is for God. My desire, my affections, my purposes, and my endeavors are focused on him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus was teaching. He said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Hallelujah. If God is your treasure, if he is the one that you consider to be the most valuable relationship in my life, that I love God with all my heart and my appetite is for him. My desire, I hunger for the things of God. I hunger for his wisdom. I hunger for his presence. I have a desire to be in his house. I have a desire to be with his people. I have a desire to be under his word. I have a desire to be in his his flow, his purpose and plan for my life. If that's my appetite, if that's my passion, hallelujah, then I'm loving God with all of my heart. Hallelujah. And we want to develop that. He says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul. We know that the Pharisees, were those who kept outward rules. They kept a lot of the outward appearance, but they did not have that love in their heart. They weren't really loving God with their heart. Matthew 23, verse 23. He says, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. He said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and you have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment and mercy and faith. These ought ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. You blind guides which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup. And of the platter, but within, they are full of extortion and excess. What's Jesus putting his finger on? He's saying it's really about the heart. It's really about the inside. It's really about your motive. It's really about your intent. He said in verse 26, "Clean, clean first that which is inside the cup and the platter. Then the outside of them may be clean also. He said in verse 27, he said, you're like... Unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautifully outward, but within they are full of dead men's bones and of uncleanness. Even so, you you also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. So he's identifying what really matters is what's in your heart. What really matters is that God is first in my heart. Hallelujah. And so even if it looks like I've got it all together on the outside, what God's looking at is the heart. Is he my motive? Is he my purpose? Is he the one that I am desiring to please? I'm not, when we were talking about humility, we found out that there is an honor that comes from God. 
And those people who were seeking the honor that came from men, they were not seeking the honor that came from God. We are seeking the honor that comes from God. We are interested in being on target with his plan, with his purpose. We're not trying to to be something that other people look at and say, wow, I'm impressed. We want God to say, that's what I'm talking about, right? We want his approval And that's the only approval we're interested in. If I am right with God, if I am on target with his plan, if I am, if I, if my motive is in line with his purpose, then I'm okay. Even if other people aren't giving me accolades, that's okay because their accolades aren't my motive. Amen. God's purpose. God's because why I'm loving God with all of my heart. John chapter 14 And verse 15, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, this is, this is how Jesus identifies our love, obedience. Obedience is love from the heart. Love from the heart. If I act on his word, if I obey his word, I'm doing it from my heart. I'm loving him from my heart. Hallelujah. This is the definition God has of love. See, we've got to redefine love because We've had all kinds of crazy ideas about what love is. We've had all kinds of crazy songs tell us, "If uh, hello, I love you, won't you tell me your name? And tells us all this, uh, that love is like a battlefield. And and we got Pat Benatar's idea of love. We've got Aerosmith's idea of love. We got all the country songs that have told us what love is. Love is none of those things. God is love. God is love. So we've got to redefine love because now we're not talking about a feeling. We're not talking about emotion. We're not talking about something uh, that is changing, that is up and down and in and out and conditional. We're talking about a force, a spiritual force, not an emotion. And so when we're talking about loving God and he says, if you love me, keep my commandments, Keeping the commandments of God is a spiritual action. It's not just something I do on the outside. Have you ever told your children to do something and they do it with the wrong attitude? They do it. They do it with the smirk on their face or they do it while they're kicking and screaming. They're like, I'm doing it, but I'm not enjoying doing it. Well, they haven't learned anything yet, right? They haven't learned the lesson. That's not obedience. They're doing it, but their heart's not in it. Their heart is rebelling, and they're only doing it out of default. They're only doing it because they have to. And so we'll, we'll continue enforcing it until they learn to do it with the right attitude. 
We're not going to loosen up. We're not going to let up and say, okay, well, just forget it. You don't have to obey me. No, you still have to do it. But you're, you, don't, you don't move into a place where I can trust you with that action until I see that your heart is in the obedience. And when, you, when they come to a place that they say, sure, and they go do what they're asked to do, they act on that instruction with a, a willingness, then you recognize a maturity. You recognize now they're understanding that responsibility. Now they're understanding that that instruction, how to respond to that instruction. Amen? So he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Why? His commandments are for our good. There is not a commandment that God has ever given that is any way selfish on his part. Even the one where he says, you'll have no other gods before me. That's not because God has an ego problem. He knows how dangerous it is for any of those things that he has commanded us not to do. He, he has given us those instructions to keep us safe. All of the commandments of God are commandments of love. God is love. So these are commandments of love. God gives us these instructions because he loves us. They're all to benefit us. They are all to protect us. They are all to keep us in line with his perfect plan where his blessing can flow unhindered. Hallelujah. So Our keeping the commandments keeps us in a position where all of his good can be prevalent in our lives. Hallelujah. We're comparing this to the walking in the flesh. That's how we started, right? He he was talking about walk in love and you'll stay above the fray. You'll stay out of trouble. Walk in the flesh... And, and you'll see the corruption. You'll see things fall apart. Walk in the flesh and you'll have finances fall apart. You'll have relationships fall apart. You'll have difficulty on the job. If you walk in the flesh, there's no profit in it. It's going to open the door for things to be stolen, for things to be destroyed. But walk in the spirit and you'll, you'll stay in a place where I can keep you. You'll stay in a place where I can protect you. You'll stay in a place where the blessing doesn't have any limitations, doesn't have any hindrances from operating, right? So this is the picture that he's given us. This walk of love is the the highest flow of our lives. This walk in the spirit is the place where we will... um, If we walk in the spirit, if we develop these fruit, these character traits of God then the flesh doesn't have any pull. The flesh doesn't gain. It's not a struggle like Romans 7. We don't have to have that constant struggle throughout our lives with our flesh. Brother Hagen made the statement, he was talking about healing, but it's a statement that can be applied in, in other aspects as well. He said that he fed on scriptures and he fed on, on teachings about, uh, from the word of God about healing, he said, there, were, there was a number of years I forgot I had a body 
because he was so strong in his faith concerning his walk of health that he never fought a battle with sickness because the strength of his spirit just carried him in the place where he was deflecting those those attacks and overcoming those attacks just by being strong in this. You know, everything in life is easier when your spirit's strong. Life is hard when you're spiritually weak. Life is hard. It's difficult when our spirit level, our spiritual strength is weak. But when we stay strong in the Lord, then everything we have to deal with is easier to deal with. We're going to deal with things either way. So let's just go ahead and be strong and deal with them in strength and deal with them full of the Spirit and full of the love and the joy and the peace. Every aspect of the fruit of the Spirit is designed to equip you to overcome. Hallelujah. This is our well of living water. So when he says here that if you, if you love me, keep my commandments, he's talking about how to stay in the love. Let's look at 1 John 5. 1 John 5, 2. He said, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. There's a connection. By this we know, by what? By loving God and keeping his commandments, we know that we love the children of God. Verse 3, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not difficult. They're not grievous. They're They're not hard. Hallelujah. They don't bring grief. Keeping the commandments brings joy. Hallelujah. So he says, this is the love of God. He wants us to be perfected in it. He wants us, this is how we develop in love, by keeping his commandments. If we want to be skilled in love, we've got to do the word. And as we do the word, as that that opportunity to come that says, If you have aught against any, forgive them. Well, I have a choice to make. Am I going to act on that? Am I going to do that? I'm going to do it because I love God. I love God. And he said that if I have anything against anybody, I need to forgive them. So I'm going to forgive them not because I feel like it. I'm going to forgive them because I love God. And when I act on that, he knows She's doing that because she loves me. She's acting on that out of obedience to me. And that's how I love God. And now I've just cultivated. Now I've come up in that growth. I've made that, that, that procession. of I've acted on the word. And what do I receive back? Spiritual growth. I act on the word. Spiritual growth. I have a soft answer that turns away wrath. Spiritual growth, instead of giving my attitude, oh, no, you don't talk to me that way. Instead of that, have a soft answer, turns away wrath. I just grew in love. Hallelujah. And this is how we become perfected in love. 1 John 4, 11. 
Hallelujah. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. So this is how we see that until I let God love me and I love him, I work on that love walk with God, I'm loving him, he's loving me, I'm receiving of that love, I know and believe the love that he has for me, now I am in a place where I have love to give. I've now come to understand this, God loved me and he forgave me so I can forgive you. He loved me when I was acting the way I was acting so I can love that person when they're acting the way they're acting. Amen? And this is how we grow. And I'm talking about how we develop the love that casts fear out. So we're, we're having to go through the process to get this victory over fear. We have to have the love of God developed in us. I love God more than I love myself. I love God more than I want to be right right now. I love God more than I want to get my way right now. I love God more than I want to cuss that person out who pulled out in front of me on the highway. Right? I love God more. My appetite is for him. My desire is for him. Hallelujah. And then this love develops in us so that we become these overcomers. Let's go back to 1 John 4.18 and let's go back to gaining victory over fear. I want to read this one from the Amplified this time. I read it from King James first. 1 John 4.18. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. So hear me. Don't get under condemnation. If you have areas that you dread, areas that you have, have fear, any of those things I listed before, don't be under condemnation. Address it. Say, listen, that fear is not supposed to be in my life. I am not going to just settle for that fear being present. I'm going to, I'm going to deal with that fear by applying the love of God to my life in that area. So he says, there is no fear in love. Dread does not exist, but full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love. He who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love. Don't get under condemnation. Just grow. Just say, I want this area of my life. I want this area of my life to be developed in love. And, and so we don't ignore it. We don't sweep it under the rug and try not to think about it. We, we face it. We conquer it with love. God loves me. That won't happen to me. God loves me. Whatever the fear is. When, when that fear comes up, you address it with the love of God. God loves me. 
God loves me so much he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for me. I've called on his name. He's my rescue. Hallelujah. And I will not fear that. And you raise up a resistance, a shield of faith against that fear. Faith in the love of God. Faith in God's love for you. Hallelujah. The Amplified goes on to say, is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. Hallelujah. That's our high watermark. That's our standard. That's what we're reaching for. I want to grow into love's complete perfection. I'm not there yet. I'm working on it. And and I'm going to continue working on it probably my whole life because when I reach one level, I'm going to go to the next. When I get one place of love, I want to go to the next because I want fruit that abounds. I want the fruit of love abounding. I want the fruit of joy abounding. I want the fruit of peace abounding. I want the character of God dominating every aspect of my life. And we're starting right here with love. I want to read the Phillips translation. It says, love contains no fear. Indeed, fully developed love expels every particle of fear. For fear always contains some of the torture of feeling guilty. It says it expels every particle. I bet you have the message translation back there, don't you, brother? Give me message right there of verse 18, 1 John 4, 18. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. Don't you love that? Well-formed love. That's what we're aiming for. Well-formed love. That's talking about I'm confident and secure in God's love for me. And I have my love for God established. I love God first. I love God and I keep his commandments. Hallelujah. And this well-formed love banishes fear. It says fear is crippling, a fearful life. Fear of death, fear of judgment is one not yet fully formed in love. Hallelujah. So how do we develop this love walk? How do we become fully developed in love? Number one, begin to know God as love. We've had too many wrong images of God presented to us over the years. But God, his, his perfect image is displayed for us right here in his word and right in the love, in, in the life of Jesus Christ. 1 John 4, 8 says, God is love. Let that image of God be clearly defined in you. Number one, that's what we want to do. Begin to know God as love. So when you read through the scriptures... And you read things and it has the word God, replace it like we did earlier. It's not the commandments of God, it's the commandments of love. Take that word God and put love there and see how it brings a clearer picture to you. For God sent his only begotten son. For love sent his only begotten son, that whosoever would call upon him shall be saved. When we begin to see what it says about God from the aspect of that's love. God doesn't just have love. He is 
love. That is his essence of who he is as a person, as God. He is love. Not the emotion, the spiritual force of love that is in you now. Romans 5, 5 says the love of God is constantly being poured out in your heart. The Weiss translation says constantly being poured out and still. It, it is not just one time that it was poured out. It is constantly being poured out and flooding your heart. The love of God right now is available to us. So, so we have this love of God available now. Hallelujah. So number one, begin to know God as love. Renew your mind to that. Let the images of God as love be your focus. In Matthew chapter 10, we have an example because Jesus is telling the people in this situation not to fear. Matthew 10, 29, he's in the previous verses used that phrase, fear them not, verse 26, uh, verse 28, fear them not. He's telling them not to fear. And then in verse 29, he says, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not therefore, for you are of more value than the sparrows. He gives them an image. A picture. He's telling them, don't fear. And then he gives them a picture of the love that God has for them. He says, God, he didn't say counted. He said, God has numbered. For him to know that this hair right here is number 472, <laughs> he has to be intimately acquainted with me. He has to take some time to number the hairs on our head. Not count them, number. He knew what hair fell out when you brushed your hair this morning. See this image? He says, you're of more value than those sparrows. God knows what happens to them. He, he's there for what happens to them, but he considers you to be of greater value. He has numbered the hairs on your head. He is intimately acquainted with you. He loves you. We've got to allow that love to be established in us. That he loves us. He loves us. And wants to help us in every aspect of our life. He gives this image. And that's why you've got to let these images of God as love renew your mind. Retrain your thinking where God is concerned. So that you don't see God way off afar. That you don't see him distant. Looking at you nonchalantly disinterested from afar, but you see him 
so interested in your life that he has numbered the hairs on your head. That he has planned out your future. That, that he formed you when you were in your mother's womb. That he had already prearranged and made ready for you the good life before you were even born. He had ordained your life and what his plan for your life would be. Hallelujah. When you began to see how interested and how much he loves you and how he has taken these steps to, to be a part of your life, it changes the way you receive from him. You no longer find yourself as a person begging God to please help you. As if you feel like you have to twist God's arm to get him to do that for you. It was his idea long before it ever even came up. He desires to do you good. So begin to know God as love. Let the images of God as love become your focus. And then speak words of God's love for you. Begin to speak and say those things out because the faith in God's love is voice activated. And, and one of my favorite places to see this is Hebrews chapter 13. And if you'll pull up the Amplified in verse 5 and 6. Hebrews 13, 5 in the Amplified Bible. says, for he, God himself, has said, God has said, listen to these Words that God has spoken to each one of us. I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake you, nor let you down, or relax my hold on you? Assuredly not. Paste that out and put it on your mirror. Look at that every morning. Start your day with hearing God himself say, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless. I will not relax my hold on you. Hallelujah. That's what he, he wants us to know. He wants us to hear that. When the enemy's taunting, when the pressure is on, when we're facing a difficult situation, God wants you to hear reverberating through your heart. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless or forsake you or relax my hold on you. Talk about confident in the love of God. But he said that not for us just to read it one time and set it aside. It said in verse 6, so we take comfort and we are encouraged and we confidently and boldly say. He said that so that we could say something. He said that. So that we can reciprocate it. That we can say, the Lord is my helper. He's on my side. He'll help me. That God is for me. He's not against me. God is on my side. If God be for me, who in the world can be against me? Hallelujah. If God be for me, 
Who in the world can be against me? I will not fear. I'm not afraid. Why? Because he's with me. He will not live, will not, will not, will not forsake me. Hallelujah. So we've got to be saying it. If it's coming out of our mouth, it's coming out of our heart. If we're speaking it, we're putting it back into our heart, but it's coming out of our heart into our situation. Hallelujah. The Lord is my helper. Hallelujah. The Lord is my helper. The word helper means one who runs to my aid. The Lord is my helper. Glory to God. As we develop in this love, we will automatically not fear. Fear won't be a challenge. It won't be something we have to try not to do. We just won't need to do it. Well, I'm so confident in his love for me. There's no, there's no room for fear. There's no room for fear. There's no room. See, fear doesn't have to be a challenge. I don't have to fight my flesh if I just walk in the spirit. If I just grow, if I just work on my spiritual strength, my flesh will by default be weak. If I work on the confidence and the love that God has for me, by default, I just won't fear. Fear won't even be something that comes up that I have to battle because I'm so confident in God's help. He loves me. He's for me. Hallelujah. This is why God wants us to develop in the force of love. He wants us to, because he wants us walking on this planet so confident and he's with us and we're with him. Never alone. If God before me, tell me who in the world can be against me. If God before me, tell me who in the world can be against me. I'm not alone. I will not fear. He is my father. I've got forgot the words. And he calls me his own. If God before me tell me who in the world can be against me. Hallelujah. We've got to grow in our confidence in his love for us. And part of that takes place as we love him with all of our heart. We love God. We make him our focus. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands right where you are. Say this with me. Father, I love you. And I want to grow in this force, this fruit of love. Teach me, Lord, how to receive your love in every area of my life so that fear is driven out of my life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. He's going to help us. He's going to help us. Did you get something out of that tonight? Hallelujah.